So how you been, man? Uh, we've been good. Uh, West stayed home uh, from school today with some allergies, we think maybe from the zoo on Saturday. Um, but we had fun at the zoo and we saw the baby gorilla, which I'm excited. Oh, the brand new baby. Time. Yeah. Well, I think she was born in like January or February. Yeah. We, we were worried when we went. How cute. That she was going to be all grown. Uh, and no, she's still a little teeny uh, thing toddling around. So. Oh, but does she have all of her fur and looks looks like a just a miniature oh, yeah, yeah, version yeah. of a how cute. totally. And uh, and so, yeah, um, you know, uh, just, you know, running errands. Oh, we decorated for Halloween. Um, oh, so yeah. we're all de- we're all decorated up, which uh, uh, makes me feel at home. I'm wearing a Michael Myers shirt tonight. Um, and uh, yeah. Um, yeah, because this would come out. This one's going to come out in uh, October, right? Yeah, I guess it won't be that weird that we're already decorated for Hall. Uh, no, I don't think this one comes out in October. No, is it? Let's before? see. This one comes out. Let's see. This one will come out. Yeah, still yeah, in not at very end. Yeah, you're still end of September. Yeah. Um, but maybe slightly less strange that we've decorated for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> we have a. I, I, I this last weekend we didn't have any plans, and so I said. I said to Lindsay, I said, I'm going to fix our porch light. Something, something, you know, busted on it. And you, this is what I do when I, I equate like my hourly income to how much time I want to spend on something. And I think, is it worth it just to buy something new Yep. or repair something? And these lights, it's a, it's a, it's a porch light. So they're, this one, I think it was about 80 bucks. And I thought I'm going to just sit down for an hour and try to fix this thing. And I took the whole damn thing apart, and it ends up that there's a little, uh, it's a, a dust dust till dawn uh, light sensor on the top. And even though it uh-huh. was clicking, clicking like it was working, it wasn't actually, tri- the, mecha- the mechanism inside wasn't working. Mm. So I, that's what I figured out what it was. I took that out. I ordered a new one and plugged it in. But the type, in testing all of this stuff, I had to put in this, uh, it's a CF. Have you ever seen those? It's not the it's not the twist in. It's the kind with the two prongs, and you put it in and kind of yes. turn it. Uh huh. Yeah. So I had to go down, or actually go in the attic and get. That's the type our, of bulb is your as your uh, yeah, which is nice. Light. Yeah, because it lasts. They're supposedly you know lead they're such low voltage. It's like what, uh, not voltage, but it's like low wattage. It's like fifteen watts. Uh huh. For eighty eight, what looks like eighty watts, but I had to go into the attic and into our Halloween box. And get this little connector so I could test to make sure it wasn't the actual receptacle uh-huh. and it was something inside. So it made me think, hey, I got to put up our big fuzzy. We have a big, uh, huge, um, it looks like a big tarantula that sits on our door. I don't know. And I didn't realize how close Halloween is. Yeah. You know, it's just a month, a month and a half away, man. Very excited. Or almost a month. You guys a big Halloween family? Uh, decorations wise, no. I mean, uh-huh. I, I think every year it's kind of like... It's kind of like the other holidays where we'll add stuff to it, so we get more and more involved. It's kind of cool. We don't we don't go all out though. There's a couple houses like we we do like uh, home tours. Like we'll go like we I have like uh, pins on my Apple Maps that are all like Halloween decoration houses, and so there's a couple out near you that we even venture out to um, if we uh, plan our evenings accordingly. Uh, yeah, so we like to go see good yard displays. Yeah, we've been. I have the the next door app, and there's a lot of conversation now since L.A. County kind of said, "Hey, we're putting the kibosh on uh on on trick or treating." Yeah. So you know, there there's a lot of people saying, "I'm not bowing down to anybody. I'm going to be handing out candy, safe distance, and all that." 
So that's been the conversation for the last couple of, uh, uh, the last week or so. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's kind of sad. I don't know what we're going to do when the time comes, if we're going to go somewhere or take the kids in, in on an in-car tour. But yeah, I we'll highly see. recommend it. You make like, you, you set aside like three or four nights in October to just drive yeah. around and see as many yeah. yard displays as you can. Because there's some really good creative ones. Yeah, when I was younger, uh, I still remember this. I called it the white-bellied bat. And it was this weird thing that you would look up in the sky, and every now and then you'd see this thing floating by. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's huge. It's, And I would tell my friends, oh, that's the white-bellied bat when you'd see it. And I didn't, <laughs> I come to find out later that it was, it was just, uh, it was an owl. <laughs> it was a white owl. Oh, that's still pretty cool to see. Yeah, and it was high enough, you couldn't hear it, but if you looked up and saw something moving, you know, against like the... Like David Bowie from... Hey, oh. <laughs> David Bowie. But, you know, that thing only <laughs> that thing only ever came out at night because, you know, they're... Um, I think they're almost exclusively nocturnal. <laughs> this is Jimmy Eat Pod. <laughs> Ah, uh, well done, sir. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I, I didn't think about that uh, that white-bellied bat, which was silly. I thought about it later. That I, you know, that, I mean, I, what is an owl but a white-bellied bat? I think they're a little cleaner. Right. What was that? What was the... Uh, they fly what more What was the thing that Ace Ventura called the <laughs> the bat inside? He, he chucks his, his last uh, working... Uh, torch and he goes oh, this flying is from the second movie right i remember yeah and i think he's something like tuna yeah flying movie. flying devil rat but it's <laughs> <laughs> something like that i think that if if a if an owl is like that it's kind of like the uh the nicer one that you would let rest on your on totally. a perch right next to you yeah uh so nocturnal from the orange wood sessions yeah it shows its face yet again uh, yeah, it's been a while since we returned to the Orangewood sessions. Uh, mm-hmm. That sounds like very um, uh, Orangewood sounds very uh, Halloweeny. Yeah, and I don't know if we talked about uh, Orangewood. If I had mentioned it from the garbage picker episode, how many have we done that were on? We've done three, no two. So I, maybe I have mentioned it, but the way that they got Orangewood was from uh, that that type of wood. They had a lot of orange uh, orchards out there in Arizona. And it's probably the same thing out out here in the valley where they just take uh, what used to be pasture or uh, field or crops and they just, you know, they put these the four or five, um, five level high rises on them, sell their space. But there there's like an homage to these places that used to be. Right. What and used I to think be there. that's, yeah, there was probably a big orange uh, orchard at this yeah. uh, nearby this where this Orangewood Studios was. Yeah. Orange County. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. A whole county devoted to citrus. Yeah. Uh, oh, we do have a little bit of uh, housekeeping. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to get to it, we have a well, I wonder, hmm, do you think Eric's voicemail was for our Q&A episode? I do. Oh, OK. So then instead of going into it, because I actually did choose, uh, I, I answered his question. Um but I'll postpone that to next week's episode then. Um, okay, But perfect. this could be a call to action to people that next week we will be answering uh, any questions that people have and people have any, been submitting them. Uh, any and all. Uh, via voicemail, 484-J8-POD, or just on the socials. Um, yeah, socials. Or you can text that number, I believe. And You can, yeah. If you don't want to do call not and you're yeah. not on the socials, um, yeah, you can still text. And we're not going to dox you. Yeah. 
good or bad <laughs> questions. Why yeah. why do you <laughs> Yeah, we won't dox you, but I do have your phone number. <laughs> oh, yeah, so yeah, make okay. sure you get those questions in cuz uh, I think oh, David Susie and I would like to have a mango cart. Thank you, Susie. Oh man, and Susie I've got Look at up. this. This is going to be the Golden Road session because I've got uh, the Wolf Pup session IPA. Here. Oh, he's also has Golden Road. There you go. Look at them. Budweiser buys them. Anheuser-Busch buys them out and now a uh, virtual cheers. Uh, and now they're everywhere. But you fine by me. They make, over they Skype, make... but I did clink my uh, can yeah. into the microphone. So, <laughs> yeah, I hit my doing, windscreen. <laughs> doing foley work over here. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess that's the only housekeeping I had. Then is that um forty four J pod call in, text in, write in Q and A next week. Anything and everything goes. And, uh, uh, and oh wait, so I have down copied. Just to get people back up to speed on where we are, this is this is 1992. Um, this was oh, yeah. produced produced by Mike Coleman and company. So I don't know if there were a couple of other people in there when we look when we were looking at the photos of Orangewood recording in Mesa, Arizona. Uh, it yeah. looked like there was a, a group of people, a group of guys that uh, managed that facility. But we do know that Mike Coleman specifically worked on this record. Yes. Um, yeah. Right, and I and I have in here from the last episode that we did on this on this album, the lineup being Jim Adkins, Tom Linton, Mason Cooper, and Mitch Porter. But I believe that is false. I don't think that Jim Adkins was in here at all. No. So, yeah, we have some theories about this, and I yeah. I felt like we were closer a couple weeks ago than we were today, uh, because I've since forgotten. But there was that Reddit post with a picture of Grimace. In the high school yearbook with, uh, you want to give me that lineup of Grimace in the high school yearbook? Uh, okay, so Grimace, uh, Gr- uh, the caption says Jammin, titled Jammin. Grimace practices after school with Ma- at Mason Cooper's house. So it's Mason, Ricky Birch, and who else? Ricky Birch. <laughs> Good old Ricky Birch. And who else is here in this photo? Um, that's got to be Tom Tomas. Linton, man. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that with his, that's a sick haircut. Oh yeah, it's, man. It's, That's that it's 90s, like the uh, '90s skater cut. Yeah. Oh, totally. Very rocking it, man. Guy looks good. Everyone's having fun in this photo. Yeah. Um. And so when we saw that, they talked about cutting a tape. And then what? What was the year of that yearbook? <sighs> um. So this is going to be. I'm assuming this is like '91 because they graduated. I want to say they graduated in '94. So in this this so released this in ninety two. So this grade. yeah, this had to be yeah eighth grade or ninth yeah right in between there. Yeah, that's my um, assumption. And if anybody wants to correct any of this, forty four J pod. Yeah, please. We dare you. Um, <laughs> but this does say my brother went to high school with Tom, and I found this in an old yearbook. So this is an eighth grade. This photo. This would be a high school yearbook, right? Well, then 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 let's say that they're no, because remember at this point eighth grade. I guess I guess eighth grade this wasn't grade, high school this, yet. At yeah. this point, it would have been tenth, eleventh, twelfth is high school, right? No, this would still be ninth, tenth, eleventh, and twelfth is. It was in two thousand that I think they changed to where it was just three years. But is that I right? Was, well, Hollywood High School was ninth through twelfth, and I think is still ninth through twelfth. You know what? I'm mistaken. They kept ninth in junior high, so this was seventh, eighth, yeah, and yeah. ninth. So yeah, Correct. maybe this is this maybe this is when in their tenth grade year, or the photo right. or the photo was from their summer practicing, 
and right. in between years. And this was just that first year that they attended high school. When this was printed in the yearbook, it says they've been together for three years uh, as Grimace. Uh, because they all have jobs, their practice times vary. We try to squeeze in at least a couple hours three times a week. Uh, that's the most high school uh, thing. And then this is where we come up on other things. Their band has gone by many different names in the past, like Cornbread, Sideburn Circus, which was a new one, Soup, yep. Suplex, uh, and <laughs> Creep Dive. Creep Dive is super, like, that's like a hella 90s emo name. Um <laughs> But this name looks like it's going to last. When asked if they thought about changing it again, they said, nope, it hasn't come to our thought, uh, come to thought. Formed together for three years has helped them solve another problem also. Band members said, we used to get nervous before a show, but experience made it easier. They played many clubs around the valley, including Sun Club, Hollywood Alley, and the Silver Dollar Club. Uh, and then, again, this comes up a lot in Jimmy Eat World history, uh, where they they are always playing all-ages venues, Oh, um, yeah. And I guess I remember being in high school. Um, it was a big pain in the ass to play anywhere that wasn't an all ages venue. Like we had Cobalt Cafe um, and uh, it was oh, tough. Like if you were played at the Roxy or the Whiskey or something because uh, it was pay to play and the showcases were always on like Thursdays and like everybody's in high school. No one can go to those shows. Right. But they say here. Bars are fun to play at, but they only allow you to go inside if you're of age. I'd rather be hanging around uh, with people my own age at clubs. Um, when playing at clubs, they're sure to tell their friends to come and join the crowd. The group also has played at private parties. Grimace hopes to soon cut a tape and hopefully encourage people to buy it. I can't wait until we make money, said Mason. Amen, added Ricky. <laughs> um, and Oh, Ricky. Uh, so... The theory then is that maybe the Orangewood session tape is Grimace or Cornbread or Sideburn Circus, Suplex or Creep Dive. <laughs> Probably Grimace since they hadn't cut a tape yet, right? Right. right. So now I want to go and look at. Uh, oh, did I close my? No, I didn't. Okay. Um, I want to look at my email. I have had correspondence, and I think we brought this up before, but I've had correspondence with Mike Coleman. Maybe we'll get him on this episode. I, I He said he's willing to come on. Um, but I do want to go through and talk a little bit more again about Mike's history with the band. Uh, my question was about the band Jimmy Eat World uh, and the 1992 Orangewood Sessions demo. Can you confirm there are any stories? Uh, can you confirm that you recorded this? Yep, I recorded it, but in my old studio. There are no real stories that I can think of offhand. Obviously, it was recorded analog probably on a Tascam 1-inch 16-track with DBX going through a Trident Series 65 console. I love that Mike is flexing on me right there. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? Uh, I don't remember if they purchased the master or I had a couple of reels of tape that just got reused. More than likely, it was done for the most part live with maybe a few overdubs. He goes on to say... I don't remember a lot about the session. They probably don't either. I'm wondering if I even charged them. Tom is a distant cousin, and I seem, uh, uh, and it seems a couple of them I had known for a while. Wow, I'm going to have to look at some old video if uh, <laughs> I can find something to play it on. I may have them playing at a talent show at Carson Junior High. Wouldn't that be awesome? And then I shared with him the videos 
that who uploaded these? This was CC Wright uploaded these to yes. YouTube, right? Yep. That's what yeah. we uh, determined is that yep. CC Wright was in some other version of this band, uh, maybe uh, Cornbread or something like that. So uh, he confirmed, yeah, that's got to be the same videos. I remember that CC Wright and Mason were in it. I completely forgot Aaron Adams was playing bass. Ah, he's my first cousin once removed. So Aaron Adams, who played bass in this other band with CC Wright and Tom, is Mike Coleman's first cousin and also somehow distant cousins to Tom. Of Tom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, and he says, I, yeah, I doubt I charged them for recording since I knew them pretty well. If they paid anything, it was probably just to pay for tape costs. I'm related to Tom on my dad's side and Aaron on my mom's side. Uh, and then there's been four emails from me and nothing from him. <laughs> yeah, following up. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, maybe he, I'm, I'm assuming maybe, let's say he gets his emails in the studio only and just hasn't been in. So that's what we're oh, hoping yeah, yeah, totally, is yeah, the yeah. situation. Yeah. Stay safe, Mike. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so more and more, we think that perhaps this is a Grimace recording. Right. And so uh, it could very well be three, three players here, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, Ricky, Mason <laughs> and Tom. Low Ricky. <laughs> um, hold um, on. He must, I, I don't know. Do you think he liked the, that? Uh, I, I imagine he hated that. Oh, what was that? Sorry. <laughs> I imagine he hated being called Ricky. Oh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Or he kind he of looks brushed like he's it off. A blast in this photo. Yeah. And, and then he hit a hit a moment where it's like, you know what? I think Ricky is Ricky's old news. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is, then he this became, is Rick. Uh, <laughs> yeah. When when he signed uh, when he signed to Capitol with them. Uh, yeah. X nay on the on the YA. <laughs> yeah. So this is track six of six on this yes. potentially grimace recording sung by Tom. And let's take a listen to this. Uh, or not a listen. We don't have to listen. Uh, I guess we can listen. Uh, yeah, it's it's a couple a, minutes. We'll a jaunt through the lyrics too. Okay. Do you want to listen? Maybe to Maybe what we could do. First? Let's do this. Let's pause after the verse. Pause after the chorus, and 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 sort of recap what we think we've heard. <laughs> okay. Sure. Here we go. Um. Or or we could listen to it in its entirety. And what I've done is I've marked where those bits are. If you want to listen to ah. them separated. Oh boy. Okay, let well, let's listen. It's a couple minutes. So here it is. Uh, feast your ears on uh, Nocturnal, the final track, track six of six on the Orangewood Sessions. Back again. 
This is Ricky. Hear that bass in the bass line? Oh man. He is running up and down the bass neck. Yeah, man. Take me for a walk, Ricky. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, if it's Ricky. But, yeah. Either way, uh, I think that's Ricky. Uh, because I don't you know, I don't know how uh I don't know how Mitch it was Mitch, right? That would have been on bass. Mitch Porter. Yes. Yeah, I don't know how Mitch, I can't, uh, if I could hear him playing some licks now, maybe I could tell. But that sounds like textbook Ricky to me. Yeah. <laughs> Little arpeggiated power chords. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, you, there's some cool stuff being done here that is just, like, capable songwriting. And it's, like, uh, uh, p- capable song structure, Uh in the sense that I made a note about the verses having these dragged out long notes or words. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's not like filling everything with every syllable, which I feel like is like the easy thing to do when you're starting to write songs. Um, and it also could be them. Like, I think Jim was talking to David Bazan about like, what's stopping you from just uh writing your own version of an already popular song you'll change it enough that it's a different song by the time you know what yeah. i mean yeah so like it's very possible they were mimicking a song they're like oh let's write our version of this misfit song and i specifically say misfits because his delivery on that first word whatever it is i wrote moma like <laughs> the museum of modern art right right and then i had a theory that maybe it was mona and maybe it was a proper noun, and he was, like, calling somebody out by name, which would be insanely sick. Um, <laughs> which I've done before, which is the only reason I... <laughs> um, uh, but the way he sings it, he sounds like Glenn Danzig. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mo- I didn't notice... Mo- there, there was a couple of... <laughs> there was a couple of parts toward the end, which when we get to that, that part, I'll... Uh, you know, I had remarked on who he sounded like. Um, with dragging out the words, but I was listening more to the 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 musical aspect of it. Aside from from um, the bass lines and and all that, there was one noteworthy chord that I thought was was worth remarking, and that is in the chorus when it when uh, Tom sings "Can't Look in My Eyes Anymore," and he goes into this. It's it's the very first of three chords, the the ones I referred to before, the the Nintendo chords, where it's three <laughs> successive major chords in a row. So it'd be like a C major, D major, E major, but he plays it like he's going to start that three chord progression, but which ah. is a strong start. You you think, wow, this is a this is an this is a very powerful beginning, but ends up walking back down. Uh, but that makes you. Think about it for a moment. It's not the same chords 
he throws in a chord that's not necessarily in that progression. And yeah. it, that's it a makes jazz you think chord. <laughs> <laughs> it makes you think twice for for a moment and then you're you're back in, you know, before he starts his verse again or goes into that outro. Yeah. Uh, so, so let's uh, take a look. What else? Yeah. What, what do we think verse one is being said? Because uh, obviously there's no written lyrics that we know of. Right. Um, what do we think is being said? And what do we think it means? Okay. So verse one, four lines. Uh, I think it's line. It's one and two and three and four are in blocks. So I'd say no more. Looks like I'm not coming here again. Um, with the title like Nocturnal, it that set off a... a my spidey sense like is he kind of is that tongue-in-cheek um sort of a leading into what this song is about uh no more looks like i'm not coming here again but i ended up saying that i'm thinking that whatever's going on this person is coming out right and saying i'm done with whatever this is i don't want to do this anymore i don't want to take part in this with yeah. whatever's going on um i don't i don't want to have anything to do with it yeah and I have the same lines, except I, I didn't hear no more as the first thing, but I actually do think yours makes sense. Yeah, they're they're in a, a, a maybe this this moment of exasperation where they're just saying no more. Looks like I'm not coming here again. Yep. Uh, and then it goes to, to on to say turn my what I'm thinking is turn my pride over something I knew wasn't true. And yeah. what I gather from that is it turning your pride or flipping your pride. It, Maybe your pride is taking the backseat to what that's that last line is over something that I knew wasn't true is maybe they've switched stances on something to their dismay. Yeah, uh, I had written try my pride like uh, you're trying you're you're like you're testing, testing my patience. It. You're trying yeah. my you know, what I mean, um, right. But the same sentiment. Yeah, right. You're trying my pride over something I knew wasn't true. Uh, and I don't think that I, at this point I I don't I think that this is a story I don't necessarily know if there's any female uh, involved yet although I thought maybe turning your pride over for something I knew wasn't true with the history of Jimmy Eat World even though this is early this is grimace so um, there may not actually be a female uh, or a, a counterpart in this this could be about a uh, teacher. Yeah, yeah. Fourth, I mean, they're young, man. Fourth period. Uh, Remember, this is the wide rule, spiral bound notebook that this is all written yeah, down in that one day right. we'll find. <laughs> this is the mead. This is the mead, uh, mead, mead season. Yeah. Yes. Now, do you want to listen to what I had extracted? So if do you want me to go over the chorus now and then we can listen to it? Or did you, you want to even start with the verse? Yeah. Okay, here's the verse. It's all over now. So I think what what he's saying there is the chorus starts with "It's all over now." Yes. Um, which I'm starting to think that this this could be a like an ode to a dream or a series of dreams, and I'm thinking that at this point he's woken up. It's all over now, and. I kind of thought this was a little strange. Was damaging my purple, don't you know? 
I don't think <laughs> don't he says purple. Don't damage my purple, don't you know? But what if it's a purple mattress? And this is just way ahead of his time. It's the full. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's. Um, I don't think he's saying purple, but I can't unhear purple. Yeah, so, I wrote "Tell the truth, my bro." <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I like yours better. "Tell the truth, my bro." That sounds very adolescent. Tell the truth, my bro. Don't you know? <laughs> uh, I think that maybe. Um, Maybe it was damaging my person, don't you know? Uh, he's gonna kind of his his persona is hurt. Yeah, maybe at this point. But then it kind of gets odd with for that. I really care. I don't know how that line fits in 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 the middle. We're in the you know we're we're right in the middle, smack dab in the middle of this chorus right now. For that, yeah. I really care. So we've said it's all over now. Um, damaging my person, don't you know? For that, I really care. Uh, and then I feel like this is a sh- this is a moment of shame. Can't look in my eyes anymore. You tore yeah. tore a hole so big. Yeah. At the beginning, I thought he said the tour tore a hole right. so big. Um, but the second chorus seems more clear. Right. And you know they had referred to that back in. <laughs> right. Right. And I was listening to that one more uh, for reference, which in both it sounds like purple. I don't know what Tom is singing there. Yeah, and, and and you know Jim Jim's guilty of it too. I don't want to say it's just Tom, but he is he, these lyrics because the 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 quality is so low. It's it's almost incoherent at some points. You could make any. And how long did we spend? Thirty minutes? Oh my god! Yeah, we were going back and forth. We have a whole on, string on of like things that we thought three, was being said in the outro yeah. or the bridge. Yeah, it's like four words that we're trying to decipher for half <laughs> a freaking hour. Uh, so I think that that's a moment in the chorus. It's it's waking up, realizing what they had done. Or what they experienced, and then there's a moment of shame. And uh, then we go back into the next verse, which I'll go ahead and play here. So I think this one, this verse leaves a little bit more, um, it gives us a little bit more to work with. So I don't know if he's saying sing to them or sin to them, because in that second line, he's, yeah, sin to them, oh my, because maybe this is like the, um, this could be a like the religious portion of this song. I don't know. I I thought it was sing to them. Oh I my it was god! Sing, yeah, yeah, sing to them. Oh my god! I'm done. People stare. I oh I, had, I, wrote, I, I, I oh my god! I doubt people care. Oh, see what I think this is is now this is lending more toward that this could be a dream because he's singing to them almost like those dreams where uh, you're powerless or you make a fool of yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have that shame, that moment of shame. Oh my God, I'm done. People stare. Like he's being stared at. He's on. Maybe this is a, hmm. a, a a dream that he's had about performing. They're talking about you know we used to be scared playing live, but then with practice it becomes easier. Oh yeah, right. Could be. Uh, and then the and then the most cryptic part of this is is maybe this lines three, mo- mostly line three, and then four. Bed in my sand every day, coming back again. Now it's gone. And I wrote so playing you, in my sand every day. Which could be, it could be playing in my sand. I thought bed in my sand is kind of like the the 
the opposite of sand oh, in my sand bed. Oh, sand in my bed. Oh. Which is, I think that's like a loose statement or a, a figure of speech where sand in my bed is like, I don't know how many people enjoy this. I know that I hate it. Yes. But when you drag sand in your bed, that that makes me personally feel uncomfortable to a point to where I can't sleep. Yep. Right. So I'm thinking bed in my sand every day is like, it's just things of topsy turvied and nothing's making sense. Um, or his bed is in sand every day and he's waking up in this dream state where he's it's sleepy dust. I don't know if that's more like sleeping or if it's he's waking up in this foreign land like a desert coming back again. Now it's gone. He's placed in this in this dream and then he's taken out of it. You know, but when the chorus starts, it's all over now. It's coming back again. I remember this dream and now it's gone. Boom. Back into yeah. our chorus. Ooh. That's my that's my thought with where we are at this point in the song. I mean, why not? What? Yeah, right. I mean, it's really up. Uh, this is this is up for grabs. I mean, anyone's really uh, if they listen to the song, they could hear something completely different from what we heard. Uh, you know, I tried to clean it up, but yeah, no, you uh, did great. So yeah, you you split it out. Uh, did you use Spleeter and then clean up Spleeter, or did you just try it on your own? <sighs> no, the Spleeter sounded too garbly. I know that you said, "Wow, that sounds so garbly," but mine sounds. Here, this is actually what Spleeter sounds like, if you want to listen here. Sounds like spiritual, like he's, he's in a, <laughs> yeah. you know? So I just took, what I did was I used, um, I, I captured a noise print with Audition of the guitar noise and the bass, and then ran that through about four or five uh, cleanups to where it took out as much guitar as possible. Nice. Uh it still gives you that garbled sound, but it did to me. It sounded clearer um, in the louder parts, so that's what I ended up uh, getting. Um, and then we go into the chorus again, which which has uh, a difference in the the end. So let's listen to this chorus again, real quick, just to give you guys uh, a taste of what the the chorus is. It's all, it's all over now. Got a little channeling Eddie Vedder there toward the end. Yeah. With you I have a theory what that second line in the chorus is. Uh, so what was at the what beginning, about the chorus? Yeah, hit it. I have a theory about what the second line is. So where were uh 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 the the back to verse one, uh try or turn my pride over something I knew wasn't true. I think that he's saying it's all over now, damaging my pride, don't you know? That I really care. I think he's saying damaging my pride. Ooh. Let's hear it again. Okay, here we go. I don't know if he's saying pride. Per- it sounds like purvil. <laughs> you know, which is not, I, I, no word that I know, but damaging my, let's listen again. It's all over now. It sounds kind of like he's saying perma, hmm. but I don't hear pride. When you hear damage, I do associate damage with pride. Yeah. You've damaged my pride, right? But I don't yeah. hear pride in these, even in the second chorus, damaging my perma, don't you know? 
Hmm. But I, you know, again, I don't know if he's uh, if that's just him being incoherent and saying pride. Yeah. So at the end, yeah, he says he doesn't say the tour tour or the the what you tore tore a hole so big. He says you tore, and then I wrote, "Take it up here, like uh, let's let let pick it up. We're going into the bridge." Okay. Well, let's Um, listen to that part. I got that up real quick. Yeah. It does kind of sound like he's saying, take it up here. Like, we're about to really jam into this one part. (laughs) Take it up here. And then that's when he gets really. He's yelling at Mason, like, let's do this, dude. Yeah, dude, let's sing our our outro, which starts with, it's a red signal. (laughs) It's a red signal. (sighs) So this is where we were stuck. Yeah, half an hour of of our time spent trying to, it's a red signal. It's a red single. What were we saying? I, uh, I, the one I was m- most because I wasn't listening to the s- the split. I was listening to the song. I thought it was a red kingdom, and my original yes. thing I wrote was it's a wrecking ball. Yes, yeah, wrecking ball. Uh, you even thought of red clinger. Oh yeah, red clinger. Oh yeah. yeah, let's look at my big list of things. Yeah. So you you started by saying, oh first you said it's a red rider BB gun full of lead. <laughs> Yes, yes. Of course, you had, you'll shoot your eye out. <laughs> um, and then we were trying to figure out, and this is a this is how you work on this kind of stuff, is you were saying things to me that your mind went to, and then I would try and break it down to where, oh, I don't hear a K, but I do hear a B or an N, and then you would go back and say, well, what if about Wrecking Bull, right? Yeah. Um, and then Wrecking Null, to which you made a comment about him being a programmer, and I think, right? <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, maybe he's an After Effects artist, and he's got right. a bad null object in his comp, and that null is wrecking his his work. It's a wrecking null. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> or a hyper-local reference to a tempi area. Oh. Yeah, like maybe I'm, it's a proper noun uh, for something. Yeah, and maybe everyone in Arizona is going, oh, my gosh, guys, come on. Yeah. Oh, I thought it, he was saying, it's all right, Nicole, full yeah. of lead. <laughs> And then uh, you, man, you said had nickel. so many good ones. Yeah. yeah. And then you said it's a red Kringle. Which, <laughs> yeah, which made me think song. of Santa. <laughs> yeah. And then we were trying to figure out, does Nocturnal play into this at all? Uh, and then yeah. you went off. You went, it's all right, kiddo. It's a red Kindle. It's all right, you know. Um, it's a wreck, yeah. you know. Man, you were just going off. Just whatever. Yeah, you know, whatever sticks. Throw all that crap on the wall. Uh, but still, couldn't figure anything out. Yeah, there's nothing yeah. else I'm seeing in here. A wrecking dog, a red king dog, a red a red kingdom. That's what you really think of. It's going to be a red kingdom yeah. full of lead, which it could absolutely be. It's uh, a red kingdom full of lead. Well, here uh, I actually did cue this one up. This is the uh, <laughs> this is the long version. Here we go. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man tom loves kurt 
I have down. Um, so we didn't really get there real quick. Um, I'll just I'll mention them real quick. I have uh, it's it's a red signal full of lead. I'll, it will sweep you over with your with you. And I have spelled out L E E E E U U U U O O O U R R R R G. So that's how he spelled lurg. <laughs> that's how I think he spells it, or how he says yeah. it at least. And I say, yeah, it'll sweep you over with the leg. And that, what you were saying about that, I was joking about Cobra Kai, but it will sweep you over with your leg. It could be. Maybe he watched, at this point, uh, 1989, right? Karate Kid, 1989. It could have very well been in his catalog of VHS that he was watching. But I really think that this, your red kingdom full of lead, it will sweep you over with your your leg or with a leg. It's just, I think it's it's kind of gibberishy on purpose, because this is maybe this song is an account of somebody's random dream and how weird it is, uh, and they feel um, they feel shameful afterward. Have you have you ever woken up from a dream feeling shameful and you you almost don't know oh, why? Yeah. Right? Yeah, Isn't it a totally. weird feeling? Yeah, you just can't explain it, and you and you're almost. Um, uh, did you keep a, a sleep journal growing up at all? I always know. I wish I had, and I'm just. I got other stuff to do, especially with kids now. Like, yeah, so, yeah. So I have I had one where I only I only wrote down ones that were uh, that were clear enough for me to recall, um, and that so I, I have about seven or eight of these from I'd say mid two thousand. There was one before that I actually kept a paper one, which I misplaced in some in some move at some point from leaving the house into the next two or three places that I was staying in that year, I had misplaced the my, my dream journal. So I don't have those early ones, but I do have the ones from when I had a computer and I actually typed them out in the morning. And I'll tell you, man, one, yeah. of, these, one of these scariest dreams that I have ever had, uh, w- one of the most um, lucid dreams, freaky dreams, was one night, and this was when I was working, uh, I was working at Alphabet, so I was kind of, I wasn't necessarily trying to make ends meet, but I wasn't spending. I wasn't going crazy with what I was spending on on food. Um, I got back to my little one room place. Didn't have anything to eat, but I had my rice cooker, and I had some dried out, you know, some some dehydrated rice and some beef jerky. So what I did was I took a cup of rice, threw it in there, put some water in there, uh, and then threw some jerky into it. And I had, I yeah. think it was sir- sriracha, and I threw all of that in there. And it to me at that point, I mean, it was delicious. It was like a delicious late night meal, but it wreaked havoc on my stomach, whatever it was at night, to the point to where whatever was going oh, on man. in my stomach was affecting my mind. <laughs> so I woke up in the morning with this super vivid dream of it. It the best way to describe it was like it, it was like a hallucination. And yeah. so I wrote down all of the details in that dream, but I just remember waking up so heavy from that dream. And that's what I think is there's this song is. And nocturnal to me lends to that is that this is a song about whatever whatever's happening is happening at night. And I think I theorize right. that this is a dream that that this person has gone through, yeah. and they're ashamed at the end. So I don't know what you what your uh, what you've deciphered from the lyrics that we had, uh, but that's what I've I've gathered from this is um, you know it's the end of the song. Maybe it's the 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 album coming to a close. They felt like that was fitting to have nocturnal be. You know, the end of this, it's, you know, they didn't have any huge epic six minute outro to a record. Yeah. But I think it's a good it's a fitting track at the end to have, assuming that the title fil- fits in with. It has a little board fade in it, right? Yeah, it does. It has actually a solo 
Yeah, and then the board fade out. I'm moving my microphone so, a little bit, sorry. It's okay. So this, uh, if this is track six of six, each one of these tracks is roughly two minutes. So we're at 12 to 15 minutes into this little this little uh, EP here, right? Yeah. So it's a very, very quick, I mean, they're, and they're, they're quick songs to begin with. Yeah. Um, I did have a thought about verse two. If I if it's sing to them, oh my god, I doubt people care. Playing in my sand every day, coming back again, now it's gone. I wrote gentrification. <laughs> um, Ooh, now it's gone. Just moving, yeah. yeah. Coming back again, playing in my sand every day, coming back again, now it's gone. Um, so like his sandbox, the old venues they used to play, all that stuff are now, you know. They they paved paradise and put up a parking lot. Oh man, um, kind of like what we were thinking about caveman too, with building yeah. the houses around, right? Just watching that watching that go up while you're sitting there. Yeah, is this proto caveman? Um, <laughs> and caveman opens with uh, um, uh, crickets and stuff, right? Yeah, it does. So it sets a nocturnal scene. Okay, <laughs> right. And how much when um, you're? I mean. Granted, you're in school most of the day, but I don't know how late you stayed up when you were in high school. But how much of how much of night plays into your whole high school life, right? Oh yeah, man. I God, I'm telling you, I peaked in high school. It sucks. Um, <laughs> but uh, my senior year, I was so like dialed into my nighttime routine. Like Sunday nights, I'd be doing laundry, and my uh, my parent, the way my house, my my childhood home is arranged is my I actually took over my sister's bedroom because she had she's 10 years older than me right and the two bedrooms are right next to each other we never had guests over so I slept in that room and then my room became like the like where I'd play video games and watch movies and stuff like that like a lounge Uh uh-huh or uh, oh I also had my band equipment in what was quote-unquote my room so I had no bed in my room and I only slept in my sister's room and then I would listen to Loveline while I did laundry on Sunday nights <laughs> and then I'd go to sleep and I I guess I'd be up until about midnight doing laundry just because you're doing laundry for school like the next week mm-hmm. and then I'd pretty much like take a shower listening to Loveline the night before because I was always sleeping in until the last minute when I had to drive from Westchester by LAX to Hollywood um uh god man my 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 days were so dialed in Right. Um, I would I would fall asleep <laughs> listening to Loveline after my shower every night, and then in the morning I was ma- I made sure I was in the car to hear Ralph Garman on my uh, man. Even commute. back then, huh? You you are a dude. I was, Ralph oh Garman man, fan. I discovered yeah I discovered Kevin and Bean in '96 because my brother in law had played me the Christmas CD, and uh, I thought it was great. And by the time I tuned in, Jimmy had already left the show. So I was familiar with Jimmy Kimmel being on the show, but when I tuned in, I heard Ralph Garman, and Ralph was the reason I stayed. Um, and so, yeah, that's why I'm still a proud member of the Garmy. So, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, the the night nighttime routines and just trying to drag out as much as you can, probably because you you have so little responsibility. You don't have a job. You just have to go to school and pass and. And enjoy yourself with your friends. And that's what I remember is there was so yeah. much nighttime. And it wasn't even like we did much. And I know that the the three guys that I've that I had hung out with all through high school and still still keep in touch with and then hang out, you know, on a regular basis now. 
I can recall nights where we would sit in front of one of their houses and just kick a soccer ball in the streetlight for an hour and a half, you know, <laughs> and so not, tight. yeah, we, and that's it. Probably, you know, I, you, you think about that now and people would be posting on Facebook, look at these hoodlums outside, you know, they're yeah. making a, they're making a ruckus. We're trying to go to bed and we were out there till 11 o'clock. Yeah. Right. And bless, bless his, his neighborhood because, uh, Brian's neighborhood, they never made any stink. They never made any comments to his mom like, hey, you got to keep your kids inside. And, yeah. it, you know, we never did anything terrible. But that was it, man. That was my formative years growing up and being out late. So I know what nighttime is like for a teenager. It's like that's that's our time. There's And yeah, man. when things are, are at night, to me, it seems like there's a, a bubble being placed around you. There's so much less that your your mind has to focus on. You're not looking up at the sky. You're not looking at the cars that are driving by everything kind of shuts down for those last few hours of the evening. Yeah. So loved that. It was time. so, yeah, it was so eerie and cool walking around my parents' neighborhood. Uh, as a kid, there was a, there was a girl I met that lived like a half a mile from my parents. And so like around 10 or 11, we'd start chatting online and I'd be like, uh, she'd be like, Oh, you want to come over? And I'd climb out and I'd walk to her place and like walking through, that neighborhood at 1130 at night was just so crazy because you never saw any cars. And when you did, it was like, oh, my God, are they like getting home late or like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, oh, that man, was that's what a time to be alive. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I've never uh, climbed out of a window or or escaped. Oh, yeah. We had a security gate like a like a wrought iron gate uh, in front of like I'm trying to describe like <laughs> my parents house. Uh there's like an entryway, but then there's like this side gate that goes to the bedrooms. Anyway, there was a gate I would have to climb over and I did not have a key to that gate. And so I would climb over it. And I told my dad only a couple of years ago that I used to do that. He was like, yeah, I had no idea that you ever did that. <laughs> like, you know, parents are always like somehow they know and stuff like that. He was like, nope, I had right. no idea. You did that. <laughs> and, and it was just the way my parents bet home is set up is my bedroom is literally on the other side of the house from them. So I could get out. I could climb over that gate and they'd have to go on to that side of the house to see me. Right. Um, so, oh, man. The Gotta good old days, huh? <laughs> Yeah, man. Find you a phone I had booth, no reason to. I, every one of my friends guess, was, yeah. there was a group that toward the end that I hung out with that we did hang out late, but I would stay out late. And my curfew at that point was one o'clock in the morning. So I didn't have, and my parents were well in asleep at that point. So I yeah. didn't have any reason. Uh, before that, I had friends that would go to bed at 10. So I had no reason. I would listen to Loveline, like you, and just go yeah. to bed after my homework yeah. was done. So done. Yeah. Um, and we got to do that soon. We got to do our Loveline listen-alongs because yes. the world was on a couple episodes and we have them. Um, but uh, shoot, I was going to say, oh, um, in terms of, uh, man, I lost my train of thought, but I was going to say something about you know, being up late and staying out. Oh, I gradually built my trust with my parents from a young age. So like we would go to the Orange County Fair or Disneyland and my dad would draw a grid on the on a map, like on the Disneyland map or the or the or the fair, the county fair map. And, you know, the X axis would be the uh, alphabet and the Y axis would be numbers. And then he would I think this was before I had a pager. He would let me go do rides and he'd say at one o'clock meet at a five and then i always met at a five and then i got a pager and then they would just page me uh um 
whatever I guess they would page me a code that that said what where in the grid to meet them and then I did that and then or I would always call them and then they would tell me that that was what it was I would always call them and I was always so good about doing it that I built up built up built up my trust with them so by the time I got a cell phone it was like all bets were off I never ended up having a curfew I would just call if I was going to be late or something like that so and it's crazy as a parent now I'm like no way <laughs> yeah yeah, I don't know how it, how it's going to be for me when when things get to that point to where I have to let um, either yeah. either child go out, um, you know, and and that's stuff that I don't need to be worrying about right now. Uh, no. And I'm sure that your parents had some kind of concern when when you and your sister were young. Yeah, <laughs> you totally. know, they got over it though. Yeah. So anyway, oh, and then I guess this is this went along because I was because I was writing thinking about gentrification. I think that's where I got the wrecking ball thing from. Is that they're you know paving paradise, putting up a parking lot type of deal? So it's a wrecking ball. And I originally had written for a lad. It's a wrecking <laughs> ball for a lad. <laughs> yeah, um, I couldn't. I couldn't unhear full of lead, and I think that's what my hangup was with. It's a red signal, uh, full of lead. It didn't make sense to have it's a red signal, or there was a few of the the lyrics that we had figured it could be that made more sense with full of lead, but. Uh, I was getting so hung up on how that that just that second line was describing that first that I it couldn't be that it couldn't be that yeah uh, so maybe I should have just not heard full of lead first and, and uh, f- uh, for a lad ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, laddie oh laddie uh, all right so um, yeah not a lot on this song I got some community stuff though if you want to dive into that yeah all I had for community was uh, was that did you want to go me. through that post um, that's because that's all I got. Oh, uh, the um, the yearbook. The, post. So, I didn't yeah, even hit, write that one down. So yeah. yeah, hit me with whatever else you got. I got a bunch of weird stuff. Uh, let's start off topic and then we'll go on topic. I found a subreddit called Nocturnal, and it's a subreddit for people who are active at night. So then, it's only got 118 members. This subreddit It was created October 19th, 2011. So I ran a few searches on this subreddit for Jimmy World, Jimmy World. And then eat, eat came up with something. Uh, so uh, the eat post was this uh, from user Nunya Beeswax three months ago. <laughs> I kind of feel like a ghost is the title. <laughs> this is a uh, this is perfect for the Halloween season. Uh, I'm up when no one else is. I barely eat. I sort of roam around the apartment trying to find something to entertain myself with and am I'm quiet. <laughs> And I'm and, quiet. Uh, Strawberry Moon Lady says, solidarity and silence. I, too, am an elusive nighttime creature. So that's what I found from the nocturnal subreddit for people who are active at night. And this person I don't doesn't know, even eat. I don't, I don't know if I could be up late at night and not eat. I am. Oh, my God. I, if I'm I know up her. at night, I'm fucking eating. <laughs> like... <laughs> I it's know so why bad. my son is in the the pantry because he's 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 his father's son, and even though I say, "Dude, get out!" Do of you the, wake up in the middle of, of the night to find him in the pantry? I have not yet, but I could I could easily oh, okay. hear him going through. I could I could picture it him going through yeah. like a chip bag, the loudest damn thing in there. But he just wants <laughs> the chips. <laughs> yeah, but I would be snacking on something. I don't know how you could be up at night and not and barely eat. Yeah, you know what tastes great at night? Oh, Cereal. Man. Yes, dude. I almost you know had some Frankenberry beef jerky before. <laughs> yeah, dude. In rice with some sriracha. 
Um, all right. I got some Twitter stuff that came up specifically yes. about Orangewood Sessions. So Tyler Newhard on January 23rd, 2013 says, at Jimmy Eat World, are you guys counting stuff off singles, Orangewood Sessions, or the self-titled album? Question mark. Now, what's interesting, and I gave it a like very recently, so I don't know if Tyler is like, what? Who liked this? What is this? <laughs> Tyler's only is only following 14 people and only has 34 followers, but um, it looks like a reply, but it's not like, I don't see it attached to anything. So I can't tell. I suppose I could go to Jimmy world's page, but they're probably pasting something like, Oh, we're going to play some old stuff soon. So that's why he's asking, are you guys counting stuff off of singles Orangewood Sessions or the self-title album. So it's fun to see stuff. There's not a lot. What's weird is I came across Orangewood Sessions years and years and years and years ago. And I'm assuming from I, I don't remember being active in the forums, but I assume from Jimmy World which is where I got a lot of my bootlegs. Um, I assume that's where I got Orangewood Sessions. Yet when you Google it now, you almost find nothing. So it was exciting for me to see this. So that was Tyler Newhard. Then Princess De Leon says on June 9th, 2011, listen to the Orangewood sessions by at Jimmy Eat World. So I gave it a like as well. Also, just like no context. No one interacted with this tweet. Uh, let's see. She's got, oh, she's following 1600 people and has 935 followers. Um, so that's seeing that out in the wild. And then somebody named Gary retweeted that. And then just said Johnny Ingram. All right, right, yeah. So that was G Beach. And Johnny Ingram is another track on Orangewood Sessions. So somebody else knows what's up. He tweeted that, or he retweeted that, saying Johnny Ingram, June 9th, 2011. And then finally, Liam Paul Jones. You see his says, handle, man? Liam182. Oh, Liam182, yeah. Yeah. Um, And I, I actually mean to respond to him because we do have this. Can any Jimmy Eat World fan confirm there was an Orange Lounge Sessions from 2004? I'm not talking about the Orangewood Sessions, so I'm actually going to write, yes, we have it. Hit us up. Booyah. And give it a like, because it's only got one. I'll hit it too. I did give him a like. The one like is from me. Oh, and oh, okay. I just saw you liked it. There you go. <laughs> um, so he posted that April 18th, 2017. Um, and uh, yeah. All right, Leem, hopefully. Uh, so one thing I did notice is that Minty901 had also said the same thing on Chorus. Minty901 was like, oh, uh, I feel like there was the Orangewood Lounge from 2004 sessions. Um, and these are not the Orangewood sessions. It's a different thing. So I actually messaged Minty uh, on Chorus and said, hey, we have this if you still need it. Um, but one thing I did notice since there's not a lot on this song is uh, on the orange lounge sessions. There's uh, a song that oh, maybe hey, did I put it in my thinking? That's all notes. Anyway, they played thinking that's all there. Let me see. Lounge. That's rebel lounge. Interesting that it just came up. Um, I was like, oh, we should play a little bit of thinking that's all from the orange lounge sessions since we don't have a lot on this episode and that's a song we've done. Although they also played bleed American and futures. We've done everything but pain that they played at the orange lawn sessions. <laughs> um, 
but uh so let's just play the one song uh i'm gonna copy this link and send it to you we can listen to a little bit of thinking that's all here the quality of this there's also a three-part interview that i'll dig apart and uh call for information i did listen to it there's nothing hard-hitting in it um uh-huh. unfortunately i wanted them to be like oh this is called orange lana we did the orangewood sessions but um, <laughs> they did not do that uh, so I'm sending you thinking that's all from there it is. Orange Lounge Sessions. And maybe we'll do Futures and Bleed American on a future episode. Okay. All right, here we go. This is Thinking That's All from the Orange Lounge Sessions. All right, this is a song called Thinking That's All. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, the bass sounds amazing. I love that echo too on Jim's voice. Yeah, man, this sounds rad. This is a quality recording. Yeah. Hello, sweet baby. harmonies in this one now we just gotta play it until he screams He needed to do the scream. Got to pay extra for that. Now, so, yeah. When we did that song, I think we just listened. You had queued up all of the uh, for Screams, seconds. Yeah. Yes, we didn't get to listen to the whole thing. I don't remember. That has my favorite set of harmonies for that song. Nice. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, as they did it later, uh, Robin sings a little bit more uh, of the uh, harmonies with Jim. 
Uh, but Tom is still in there. It's kind of cool because all three of them are singing that track. Yeah, uh, that's a good one. So the final thing I have for Orangewood existing in the world is uh, Dr. Schadenfraud, um on YouTube has posted Hey You, Rare Jimmy Eat World Song, which is another track from Orangewood Sessions. What's weird is there's these random songs, random Orangewood Sessions songs uploaded to YouTube, but not this one in particular that we're doing. Um, and I was like, oh, do I upload them all to the Jimmy Pod YouTube channel? But then I was like, I don't know, like, <laughs> will the band be stoked to have that out there, like readily available right. like that? I kind of right. like that uh, it's not up there. So I, I agree. Am I, I gatekeeping? Concur. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Yeah. And, and, and I think in this case, it's, uh, people can ask us for it, but I don't think we should uh, share it yeah. out there. It would be out there by one yeah. group of people. Yeah. You rate us five stars on iTunes and you got yourself an orange fruit <laughs> sessions. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, Here's what they said. This song is very old and rare and was recorded during the Orangewood sessions well before Jimmy Eat World had released an album, I think. This was back when they were still taking most of their influences from soft punk scenes. And so blah, 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 blah. 11 years ago, ha ha simp. Now simp, I feel like is a very new term, modern <laughs> yeah. term. Right. But uh, I don't know. 11 years ago, this dude has his finger on a pulse. Uh, this person 11 years ago says, no, dude, they were formed in 93 and then low creeper six months ago. So low creeper is kind of like us. will swoop in with a really late comment. But low creeper says, ha ha ha. Jim and Zach weren't even in the band yet. They opened for us their very first gig as Jimmy Eat World and the original members were Tom, Rick and Mason. So then I comment on him. <laughs> Go on, <laughs> but they haven't uh, gone on. <laughs> they haven't. They haven't followed up yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, four hours ago, somebody says thank you. I love me some Jimmy. What is this? Oh, I see. Uh, oh, this was okay. This is old. Liam Jones did a just watch the fireworks triple acoustic guitar cover. If you remember that. And I commented, yes. this is sick. Yes. He said, Liam just commented four hours ago. Thank you. I love me some Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw I had notifications on YouTube and I was hoping that it was low creeper coming yeah. in. So now it's it's a weird Orangewood Sessions episode. I want to dig in because this person saying they opened for us their very first gig is Jimmy Eat World, which we've covered on our semi-unwritten history of Jimmy Eat World Part 1. Right. I want to see if Low Creeper is the name of a band, or let's see what other bands played that show, because I'm pretty sure we have that. In one of the uh, flyers? Yeah. <laughs> uh, or I'm glad we did that episode where right, we, where we went into detail. This unwritten yeah. history and sort of like dove in and made some sense of these flyers. I don't remember which of these is the one. But I remember one of these flyers is like the first Jimmy World in writing. Well, right. And I I mean, I can't go back to our conversation at that point. It was too far. But I do recall uh, that was the one that was like the Buffalo Exchange, right? That's the right. equivalent of a Buffalo That's Exchange. Right. Okay. Yeah. So this is the art cage. The art cage. This is Norman Mayer Group with special guests um, with Boston. The Vault. Wooden Blue Records. Just looking through these just to make sure. Let's see. Oh, this has come up a bunch. <laughs> uh, 
can of food goes to the Christ Family Fellowship Outreach Program. Um, <laughs> the Vault from San Diego Chinchilla. Central Phoenix Crust Core. Now, it's funny. <laughs> I'm looking at these old flyers. Jimmy Eat World. Underneath Jimmy Eat World, it says Central Phoenix Crust Core. But then it says Pay Neuter plus a new hardcore band. So I can't tell if they're labeling Jimmy Eat World as Central Phoenix Crust Core because... <laughs> Crust I would court? love, yeah, I'd love to see Jimmy Eat World as like a crust band. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say I don't know which of these is the one. That's a bummer. Well, you gotta sign well, up on Patreon just like I do, apparently, to listen <laughs> to it. Um, and I think those are the those are the things I have for community. Okay, I mean, I've got no, I've got no other links. Um, I did find that uh, the term simp. Uh, the New York Times oh. has that listed as the dictionary lists its first known usage as 1946, though it appeared in the New York Times as early as 1923. Whoa. So it's been around for a while, almost 100 years. Okay. Uh-huh. And it's just a shorter way of saying simpleton then. So it's not any different. I see. Yeah. He's just a simp. Um, I have one thing. Uh, had you seen the film Nocturnal Animals? Uh, no. This was Tom Ford's second feature film. Uh, so I figured we could watch the trailer for it. I remember okay. it being kind of good. So I'm loading it up and watch together here. Let's see. Oh, 2016. Oh, yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal. Love that Jake Gyllenhaal. Is that loading? Watch here we go. This together. Oh, here it goes. Do you ever feel I'm like still watching the bird. I'll refresh. Intended. I'm worried about you. Are you sleeping? You scared me the last time we talked. You know me. I never sleep. My ex-husband used to call me a nocturnal animal. I didn't know you had an ex-husband. I've been thinking about him a lot lately. And then recently he sent me this book that he's written. It's violent and it's sad. And he dedicated it to me. Did you love him? I did something horrible to him. What are we going to do? It's a question of how serious you are about seeing justice done. Don't do this. You'll regret it. to be this person that you thought I was. You're crazy. You're making a big mistake. You'll never find out. When you love someone, you have to be careful with it. You might never get it again. It's fun to kill people. We should try it sometime. <laughs> Nobody gets away with what you did. Nobody. Ooh, spooky! Perfect for Halloween. Yeah. Mm. I like. Uh, wow. I like. Yeah. Uh, what was Tom Ford's first movie? A Single Man. Yeah, that's what it said. Yeah, yeah. A Single Man. Um. Yeah. So I don't know. It looks good. I should download it. Um. 
And then I have a couple other things. One I sent you was the other Orangewood Sessions by Relaxo, which is Ooh. another Phoenix, like a funk jazz band, but wasn't recorded at Orangewood Studios as far as I can tell. Their description says that it was recorded at, like, I, I guess maybe the Orangewood Apartments. Um, yeah, which could, yeah. Oh, yeah, I see. And they just called it the brought sessions. up on the first, yeah. yeah. So recorded and mixed at Orangewood, Phoenix, Arizona, April 2009. Mastered at Blue Ribbon, Blue Ribbon Studios, El Monte, California. Um, but, uh, yeah, we could listen to any of these. Like, Orangewood Jump maybe is a good one. But. All right, let's listen to Orangewood Jump. dude i'm relaxed super relaxed oh man i didn't realize it was going to be instrumental we should have done text to speech lyrics over there oh yeah oh i have one more thing we can do text to speech over okay no more looks like i'm not coming here again (laughs) Turn my pride over something I knew wasn't true. It's all over now. Damaging my purple. Don't ya know that I really care? Can't look in my eyes anymore. Ya tore a hole so big. That was great. Yeah, nice timing, huh? Yeah. (laughs) So finally, I have this by HTDC on SoundCloud called nocturnal sessions so we have another orangewood sessions nocturnal animals now we have nocturnal sessions Ooh, the um, mix the and baby. this is like yeah a huge long thing uh that's way too long but i figure we maybe we can give final thoughts over the end of the uh let this play over the end of the episode okay. i think it's playing and watch together it might be quiet at the beginning sounds like we're in a speakeasy now yeah Oh yeah, only 41 minutes, huh? That's it. <laughs> um so yeah, Justin, what are your final thoughts on the Grimace song? The hell's it? Nocturnal. <laughs> well, you know, I'm I'm glad that you got me turned on to this uh crustcore band, uh Grimace. Yeah. <laughs> I had I had no idea uh this song existed. Uh you know, I, I kind of like the fact that the lyrics are a little uh mystical. And that we may never, ever know what they're saying. Uh, This whole album is just, I mean, I'm glad it exists, but it's just just an odd set of of tracks. Uh, I missed my opportunity to play the Tony Hawk Pro Skater sound effects on top of it. (laughs) I'm not going to miss. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to miss. I have three more chances at this. I'm not going to miss it next time. I bought bought, uh, the new Tony Hawk. So maybe that'll be my video for this uh, there episode. You go. Is I'll, I'll record me doing a run now <laughs> um, and uh, throw Nocturnal over it. Yeah, and I, and, you know, 
uh, I think that would be that would be great. It's gonna fit really well. I watched the other day the Tony Hawk that we did with um, with me playing the demo. Yeah, it just they fit so well. Totally. And yeah. I think this is another appropriately Tony Hawk song. Yeah. I think it it's you know it's a high school band playing high school band type songs, uh, and these guys made it so. Yeah. Nocturnal. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. And uh, maybe it's Grimace, maybe it's not. 44J Pod, we got Q&A next week. Um, so, yeah. There it is. Uh, there you have it, man. Track ado, 606. <laughs> yeah. Without any of the further ado, I implore you to continue to be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes! Ladies and gentlemen from the Blink-155 Nation, an internet friend of mine for a long time and the first time we're talking right here on Jimmy Eat Pod, Sarah Louise, how are you? Welcome to the show. Mm. Good, just having my uh, my pod juice. Oh, sick. Well, it wouldn't be a pod without a bevy, right? Right. For sure. <laughs> um, so, uh, my favorite part is doublefold. First, I think was it Friday, you were like, somebody have me on your podcast. And I said, all right, yeah. well, let's do it. Um, <laughs> and... My second favorite thing is beyond the middle and like maybe another couple songs I could probably play for you and be like, oh, okay, I guess that's Jimmy Eat World. You're not familiar with the band at all, right? No, I, I don't think I've, I can't recall another Jimmy Eat World song besides the middle. <laughs> and that's only because it was in Rock Band 2. Oh, sure. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, uh, so yeah, this episode will come out on Friday. Next week's song also was a downloadable content for Rock Band that we found out. Oh wow! Yeah, that's deep. That's too. Uh, that's too deep for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that requires like uh, uh, purchasing and maybe an account of some sort. Um, oh, but uh, but most importantly, this song could not have possibly ever been on any Rock Band game because it sounds like complete garbage. But uh, this is from the Orangewood Sessions. We think that maybe this is not technically Jimmy Eat World, but the band Grimace. Uh, it is uh, from a 1992 demo that is definitely Tom Linton, their guitarist, singing. And we think okay. Ricky Birch and this guy uh, Mason on drums, who was the original Jimmy Eat World drummer. And then he, uh, no, 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 I'm getting this wrong. Uh, the original bassist left to go on his Mormon mission. Uh, but uh, Mason also <laughs> just, yeah, Mason wasn't in, uh, wasn't in Jimmy Eat World, but he was in early versions of what became Jimmy Eat World. So what were your initial thoughts knowing now the backstory behind this track uh, and only knowing the middle going into this particular song? Nocturnal. I was like, first off, I tried to, to research and maybe get a lyric sheet and I found <laughs> that the song, as far as the internet is concerned, doesn't exist. So <laughs> I'm definitely interested as to how you obtained it. Also, it's not very good. <laughs> I was a little bummed when because I, I was excited for an early demo, but then I listened to it and I was like, wow, there's no hook at all. Right. <laughs> it's just kind of meandering. Is this is this is is this early for these guys or like super early? Yeah. So okay. we recently we talk about on the episode, somebody recently posted a picture 
from they said high school, but they talk about being in like seventh and eighth grade in this band Grimace. And there's a photo okay. of them is like, oh, yeah, we played around town, some private parties and stuff like that. We don't like playing 21 and up gigs because blah, blah, blah. And um, <laughs> and uh, and so, yeah, we're pretty sure that this is them. We have a middle school talent show video of them. Uh, I, I don't I think it's TJ Wright and mm-hmm. somebody else. Anyway. Tom Linton, the guitarist singing in this, is also playing guitar in this early middle school band uh, uh, performance that we found mm-hmm. that is not too much earlier than this. Also, we found Mike Coleman, who owns Orangewood Recording Studios, was related to a couple members of the band at the time, Mason and Tom, like distant mm-hmm. relatives. So he was like, I probably just charged them for the tape and not for the studio time. And they were just cutting a demo. Um, okay, so this is very young boys uh, um, <laughs> learning how to write songs. And f- when we look at it from that perspective, we and knowing what they ended up becoming, we can appreciate, oh, they wrote a verse and a chorus like and uh, sometimes they even call back to first verse lyrics in the second verse. And while it's very rudimentary, you're like, OK, they have a a very general understanding of how to construct a song. And that's about as much information as we can look into um we're hoping to get mike coleman the guy that produced this uh on the pod soon um that'd be cool that'd be cool and then yeah Um, in terms of lyrics yeah no one knows what they are justin and i my co-host we usually will compare and contrast notes of what we thought we heard there was definitely a thread going back and forth for about a half hour of us trying to decipher one line in particular, which is near the end of the song. We're like, I don't know what he's saying. I, like, I think I said, oh, he's saying a red kingdom. And Justin thought we went back and forth in the whole episode about what we thought was what. Um, and then in terms of how we received it, I don't know how I ended up getting this. There was a website called Jimmy Eat World Online that used to have a bunch of demos and things available that I'm assuming I got it from another thing that comes up a lot is there was Jimmy world uh, forums that I was not, I don't have a recollection of being on, but apparently Mm -hmm. any fan who has the orange wood sessions likely got it from there. So I'm assuming whoever ran Jimmy, well, Caitlin who ran Jimmy world online's website, downloaded it from the forums and made it available on her site uh, with permission from the band. And that's probably how I got it. And then once we joined the Jimmy world discord server, there is a sort of amalgamation of all of the B-sides and rarities on a Google Drive mm. that we all share. And it's on there as well. And it's the same copies of everything that I had. So um, okay. I think that's where we got it. But yes, it's crazy that's- that, yeah, there's, um, except for archived pages that don't show up on Google searches, the song doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I love that shit. I it, it was actually funny that you mentioned they were teenagers because like, to me, they sound much older. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know uh, if this is the the normal guy who sings for Jimmy Eat World, but he he's got this very strange voice that sounds like it sounds like like indie, like Silver Jews or something. But it also <laughs> sounds like a little butt rock. Too. Yeah, and I, I it, that was kind of the most interesting thing was th- that his voice just is so all over the place, and then. The- yeah yeah there's these like like you can tell that they have an idea of how to sort of write a really dynamic multi-part song but they're just like not really it it feels like kind of strung together 
like half ideas in the same key, which is something I've definitely done in my previous right. bands. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> oh, you got something in C? I'll, I got another thing in C. <laughs> we have a song. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's yeah. a song. It doesn't matter if they if it doesn't make any sense or yeah. uh, is, is bad. Uh, yeah. And at this point, 49 episodes to the pod of the pod, we're pretty sure this is the very first demo of any recorded music from these kids. Maybe okay. beyond them hitting record on like a boombox in their bedroom that isn't available online anywhere. Um, That's so, cool. Yeah, this is very like very much the beginnings of of what the band would become. The guy singing is Tom Linton, who is still in the band, but he does not sing the middle. Jim Adkins okay. is now the lead they a, singer of the band. Are are they like a multi vocalist sort of band, or just like they changed over time? No, they they changed over time. It's really interesting. That's journey. interesting. It's all Tom, and then S Jim gets a couple songs on Static Prevails, which is their first major label debut. And then uh, by the time Clarity hit, I think Tom has for sure one, maybe uh, maybe two songs for sure one. Um, on clarity and then pretty much from then on out it's jim with tom getting a track on their 2010 album uh Damn. eventually yeah and That's tom does do backup vocals and stuff live and now they have a utility guy who does like keyboards and extra guitars that tours with them and he sings okay. like a third yeah. part of the harmonies so that's cool that's cool yeah, yeah. um it didn't sound like jimmy world at all i definitely i mean i guess because it's not it's it's grimace who is a band that yeah, existed it, yeah, and we think only based off of because uh, uh, I guess Grimace went by many names, one of which was Cornbread at some point. So we're pretty oh, sure that this is what that's a bad name. <laughs> <laughs> Grimace was the one they stuck with the longest for sure. Grimace is a good name. I like that's a pretty good because it's like, you know, it's a it's an unhappy face, but also, you know, the the I just picture the fucking Grimace from McDonald's. And they you know? actually had referenced it in this middle school yearbook uh, photo. It's like Grimace oh, cool. named after the purple uh, fuzzy <laughs> yeah. McDonald's mascot. Yeah. Um, they're just boys. Boys just definitely little, little in How their... Oh, uh, they're they're the, they're about the same age as the guys in Blink. So in 92, you got to think that they're probably uh, 14, 15 wow yeah. okay that makes that's interesting i mean i definitely when i was 14 and 15 wasn't writing songs even as good as this so yeah <laughs> I, I should do that though i definitely have some recordings of me being that young and the next time oh. we do an orangewood sessions track i, I should be like this is what m i sounded like at 15 16 years old i'm kind of like a crazy completist so like i have all my old like albums uploaded to the internet like you can find them pretty easily oh that's uh, great yeah I, I guess yeah if you if you search for last off the bus on Bandcamp, i think i uploaded everything there for sure yeah that's fucking cool i love i love listening to like just kids being yeah. kids so for everybody that does it's it's funny we've stayed insanely on topic for everyone that doesn't know who you are or maybe doesn't listen mm -hmm. to Blink 155, uh, sort of what's your musical journey and the the usual circles you you roll in? Um, it's kind of complex. I've worn a lot of hats uh, as a music fan. Um, you know, right now I'm more just like into like pop punk and uh, a little bit of post hardcore, too. That's kind of where I've been living recently. But I jump around a lot. Uh, I guess it. Like, should I start from the beginning or just like yeah, when I start getting into good music? 
No, uh, I mean, like, yeah, it started at the beginning. And then when you started becoming your coming into your own. Yeah. I mean, when I was like a little kid, I loved like the Beach Boys. Um, I was obsessed with the Beach Boys and just like any classic rock or surf music I was super into. Um, as well as like like 70s, like stadium rock, like Boston, who I still think are incredible. Uh, like there's no better 70s rock album than that first Boston album. It's just like incredible like in harmony territory for sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you know like i kind of stuck with that until like you know like 11 or 12 when i found like alternative rock and like uh new metal and stuff and that, then that was just fucking it <laughs> um that was it was that was me until like i'd say like 14 or 15 and that's when i started getting into like indie um experimental music like i was super into neutral milk hotel um one of my first bands was like a a neutral milk hotel type like folk songs but also like weird instrumentation that i I just did with like my friends and like fucking ocarinas and (laughs) flutes and stuff uh and then like that was the i was also in a in a punk band uh called the eyeballs that we played one show, we did like two Weezer covers and then an original song. Oh my god, Justin should have done your interview. He's like the huge Weezer head of the pod. Oh yeah, it was it was it was a disaster. Um <laughs> like I, I kicked over my drum kit at the end. Uh, oh, you're playing drums in the band? Yeah, I was I I play drums in the band. I play uh I'm a multi-instrumentalist, so I just kind of play whatever someone asks me to play. Uh, and I was playing drums in this band and I, I kicked over the kit. Uh, <laughs> and like ran up. I was also singing um, and I ran up to like the front of the stage and like during the end of the sweater song, because um, that was our closer. <laughs> uh, and we got, we came in last place. Uh, this is the stupidest thing. Uh, we actually apparently would have come in like third place because we had an original song. Um, I, I guess they really valued that. Um, but the one judge took us down to last place because we made a self-deprecating joke oh. like because we would do like like me and the the singer guitarist guy um we we would like do little routines like little back and forth blink 182 style joke routines between songs and one of them i made a joke about us sucking and continuing to suck for the rest of the uh 10 minutes or so <laughs> um and then yeah no that's great content they docked us all our points for that. Uh, and then, yeah, this uh, this synth pop band ended up winning. They were actually really good. I had one of their CDs. Um, but uh, fucking yeah, that was that was a bad time. And then uh, <laughs> then me and that guitarist guy, we formed a comedy band called Uncle Jesse and the Rippers that rat- lasted until like 2018 or so. So like off and on just coming together improvising making up bizarre songs about shit a lot all that stuff still online um That's i was also awesome. doing so i was starting to experiment with electronic stuff and just like and that's just the music i make um i tend to just jump around for whatever style i'm kind of into try to emulate stuff um, or try to combine genres like right now i'm working on a on an eight bit pop punk album. That's like going to be super like high energy, really positive uh, stuff, which is not usually my vibe. 
Oh, that's that I great. really want to like. You got to get that I, out. Yeah, I just I want to like try something totally different and see if I can feel better about it. Like it's still going to be sad, but it's going to be a lot more just upbeat musically. Yeah, you know, man, that would um, be awesome. Well, totally, I feel like totally. Given now all of that, and if I were to recommend you a Jimmy Eat World song, you knowing okay. the middle. And now knowing Nocturnal. <laughs> and I love the middle. The middle's like one of my favorite songs ever. Sure. Like I should I think... say that it's like, it's like, I think it's like a perfectly, but it, I think of it in a different class. Like I think of it, and this, I know this isn't a fair comparison, but like in my mind, before I started realizing they had actual punk connections, Jimmy Eat World was basically the same as the Plain White Tees. So like. I, sure. Yeah, I could see that. And if you're in unfamiliar. that context. In that context, uh, the middle is like a, an amazing, incredible song. Sure. Uh, I think if you like that, for sure, you'll enjoy all of Bleed American. Yeah, which is the I imagine came from. However, given your your interest in electronic elements and things like that, I think if I had to recommend you something, my gut says that you would enjoy on off of their new record surviving the song five, five, five. And specifically, okay. if you have not heard it yet, don't pull it up on Spotify or Apple music, pull up the music video on YouTube and experience it that way because they self-produced it for $4,000 and it's absolutely bonkers and incredible. Okay. Um, That's cool. And I think that would be, not only would that be an amazing uh, um, thing for you to experience, I would love for you to call and leave a voicemail with your reaction after you, (laughs) after you watch it and we can pin that and the listeners can look forward to hearing what does Sarah Louise think of what they did with the 555? Not only the song, because it is a left turn for the band, but the video yeah. is just so bonkers. <laughs> That's cool. I'll t- I'll definitely check that out. I I'll like, send you uh, a link to it after we're off the call. That way you can have it sitting in your inbox. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Hell yeah. Well, Sarah, did did coming on the podcast sort of fulfill the what was your your existential dread of not being <laughs> on this podcast? <laughs> yes, definitely. I am required if if a podcast exists i am required legally to be a guest on it so any <laughs> well if you'll any be recording you have, another interview with another pod uh, exactly, in a couple hours yeah this here, isn't so. even my first pod today so uh, <laughs> oh man that's, that's so exciting hell yeah um is there anything else you want to plug before we go i guess just uh check out my music um follow me on twitter at weird leg no at at it's at Tangles with seven S's. I changed my ad a lot, though. Right. Oh, <laughs> well, I was really going to say, is Weird Legs not in existence, in existence anymore? Because that's how I know you. Weird Legs is actually going to be the name of the pop punk, quote unquote. Oh, band. tight. So, OK. So that's an exclusive. That's a premiere that. right here on the show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not. But uh, <laughs> you can believe that if you want. Yes. Uh, hell yeah. But uh, so, you know, check out. I uh, I guess D- DM me on Twitter and I'll link you to my shit if you want. That's and we'll that's put the it in the way. show notes and everybody should I'm check working, it out. Oh, that's a good idea. I'm working on a uh, a master band camp that's going to have all of my albums from all of my various music projects on it. But for now, it's all just scattered to the winds. So yeah, have have you found? I I feel like I have a personal band camp and a band band camp, and both are named David Park, and I never know which one I'm logged into, and it's very I find it very confusing with band. Camp, oh my god! I'll go to wishlist something. It's like, oh no, you can't do that as how you're logged in. You got to log out and log back in, and I'll yeah, I'll never know what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> totally, I like I my my life is that times a thousand because I have. <laughs> 
<laughs> so many. I've like I swear to God, I've released like sixty albums of material. Like That's in incredible. my lifetime. I love it. It's so prolific. Like not all of it is good. A lot of it is just kind of me experimenting yeah. and bullshitting around or like improvising and making like comedic music. But like at the end of the day, like it's a lot of shit and it's uh it's it's all over everywhere and I never know what bandcamp I've logged into. Um, <laughs> and I never remember what the because sometimes the username that I use is ends up being different than the artist name that I use. So of I course. never remember how to get into all of them. So hopefully there will be a sarahlouise.bandcamp.com. And you're that, constantly uh, transcoding MB3s to waves so you can upload them to Bandcamp. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like so, I swear to God, for some of the less important projects, I will like, I will record off of YouTube onto Audacity and get it in there that way. <laughs> like if I can't, if I just can't find a song, like a file, like I'll just do it the cheap and bullshitty way. I do not give a fuck. Perfect. I make a lot of music in Audacity too, so that should tell you the uh, type of quality we're dealing with. That's amazing. And then, last but not least, have you seen the film Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? Uh, yeah, I have. At the end of every episode of Jimmy Eat Pod, we implore the listener to be excellent to each other and to mm-hmm. we say the following line. So if you if you would indulge me, I'll start it. If you are willing to finish off the line, what's the what's the end of the line? I'm sorry. And party I, on, dudes. And party on, what? dudes. Okay, okay. Okay. So, uh, uh, so yeah, uh, thank you for joining me down this rabbit hole of uh, Jimmy Eat World content. I really, th- we literally span their entire career from this 93 Grimace demo to 555 off the newest record. Um, and with that, I hope you are uh, well and you continue to be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes. <laughs> <laughs>